0: Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. Now stop me if you've heard this one.
1: Listen in as artists and creators talk over drinks about their work, life, and the creative journey.
0: Thanks for tuning in to episode number 20 of Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. Our guest artist today is spoken word poet, Julia Pileggi. Our bar is a Vancouver classic, the Bimini on 4th Avenue. Julia's performance at a recent art event blew me away. I had to invite her to be on the show. You'll find videos of her performances and more, along with full show notes on our website, twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you like it and want to hear more episodes, subscribe, sign up for updates, and share it with an arty friend. And if you love the show, head to the website where you can buy us our next round. These drinks actually offset the production costs of our show and help keep us ad-free. And some days... They're just drinks now follow me to the bimini where julia talks poetry slams shares her incredible writing prompt practice and wows us with three unforgettable on-the-spot performances thanks julia cheers so here i am in just the most classic bar in vancouver the bimini on fourth ave one of my favorite places for many many years super excited to be sitting down and talking with Julia Pelleggi. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming down and meeting me. This is so awesome. It's my pleasure. I'm so pumped to be here. Okay. So I first saw you perform this last weekend. I was at an art opening at the Arts Factory, and you did an amazing set of spoken word poems that just blew everybody away. Like everybody in that room was riveted. So yeah, I had to come and ask you to come hang in a bar
1: with me, so. What, a, what an honor. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all, and when I, when I talked to you that night, I was like, this is, who knew that that would happen? <laughs> so glad that I, I'm
0: so glad that my work can reach people. Well, it's funny, because that is the first time I saw you, and the first time that I heard your work, really, but you did come up in conversation a little bit before. Wow. Oh. I was interviewing Chantelle Cardinal. Uh, felt à la main with Love. Of course. She's this amazing felt artist. And when we got to the end of the podcast, spoiler alert, I asked people for a joke or a or a funny story. And she actually had you, because you share her studio, ghostwrite her joke.
1: I, I, wrote, I wrote it. I told her not to, to say it was me, though. <laughs> but she did.
0: <laughs> so you're going to have to come up with something new at the end oh of the show. Oh, my goodness. I'm always
1: working. No, it was fun. When she asked me, I was like well, wow, it's my, it's my job to, to, to be witty. But anyway, she, she's sweet. I'm glad it worked out. That's yeah. funny that you, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. it was uh, full uh, circle yeah. now. Yeah,
0: there you go. So, so circle back and listen to our episode and you can, you know, laugh at your own, uh, your own cleverness. Oh, it was w- awesome.
1: <laughs> who doesn't want to laugh at their own cleverness?
0: <laughs> so to give our listeners an idea of what you do, I would love for you to share one of your pieces with us with that
1: I would love to yeah let's do it so this piece is uh it's called us at the beach and I wrote it for my for my younger brother I am four and he is two I am three and he is one I don't remember now it was a long time ago but I want to get it right I am four and he is one and a half I am older he is younger I am big and he is small. He is smiling, laughing, running, shrieking. He is always pinching me, pulling my hair, flushing my things down the toilet. I am four and he is two. I am three and he is one. I know the moment. The day is old and warm. Frayed photograph, burnt edges. The sun is high. The people are loud. I am pink and he is baby. I am frills, and he is blue, so I want to get it right. I am six, and he is almost four, and he is attached to me. I have friends that I do not want to share, but they love him more than I do. They think he's so cute with his giggle tongue touching monkey bars. He is new, and I am jealous, and he has no one but me. But I have no room for him, and his smiles don't work on me. And I am annoyed, and he is sad. He is water, and I am watching. I am pink, and he is baby. I am still, and he is drowning. The froth sneaks up past his eyelashes. He gulps at the wave. I am stuck in the sand. I am angel fuzz with devil heart. He is tiny seashell washing further out. I am nothing, and he is baby. I am scared, and he is helpless. I am four, and he is attached to me. I am pink, and he is brother. I am four, and he is two. I am watching, and he is sorry. I am still, and he is blue. Daddy and his dark legs come running toward us. He is arrow. He is careful. His gold chain, baby Jesus, and the holy chili pepper smack up and down on his chest, calling for good luck and protection, warding off the evil eye. He is quick, and I am baby. I am still. I am three, and he is one, but I want to get it right. I am four, and he is coughing. I am four, and he is breathing. I am four, and I am sorry, and I want to get it right. Oh,
0: that is just amazing. That, it's It gets more moving on re-listening. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. And for our listeners... He is alive. He is alive. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, that's from a memory. Yeah. I wrote from a memory of us. And uh, he's well. He is well. Yeah. And how does he feel about that poem? I think he... I don't think he remembers that moment at all in, in our in our lives, but I think he's happy that there's a poem about him because I tend to write a lot about family, and my mom gets a lot of mentions, my sister. You know, I talk about womanhood. I talk about our relationships, and um, I, think, I think he's glad that there's also... He, he, he makes his way into my writing in right. this way. Yeah, I think he likes it.
0: Yeah, nice. You did a piece about your mom and your sister the other night about communication yeah. that was just so uh, relevant for anybody who has people in their lives. I guess. Yeah. It's just, yeah, especially if you spend time with, the, with Italian families. Yeah. And, oh, we yeah. are
1: very Italian, and loud is kind of a, 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 a normal volume for us. Yeah. But we, what I loved, I mean, that poem was based on us having a fight. And then what happened was it changed us. Like, we, we were able to talk so openly, and then afterwards... Um, it brought us closer together, so I was really grateful that we were trusting enough of each other to go there because our relationship had has grown, and and we still talk about it. Like, remember that time we did that, and I, I think also the poem helps shape things, and so I use that for for my own processing, but also for the sharing of my with my family. Like, we we can connect on those levels. They see what I'm seeing when I write that stuff. It must have a
0: major role in your life. This ability to really express articulately and share your feelings and and uh, connect with people what's that
1: in like for the people in your life Yeah well I think they must know by now that if I know them and if they, I love them they will be written about Yeah so
0: <laughs> there, fair warning it's folks fair
1: warning what you tell a writer but I think um I mean I can speak about my family because they once I had a I wrote a poem about uh, an experience that my mom had with um, a miscarriage. And when I, I wrote it based on a story, the story she told me, she told me later in my life. So I was, I was older when I knew about it. And she, she called me one day when she watched it. there's a video up of me doing it at a uh, cafe du Soleil, I think on the commercial drive. And she, she said, thank you for, for putting it into words. And she said, you know, we haven't talked about that experience very much. And she's like, your dad was there and he was watching it and, and he got really quiet. And she said, that she was really grateful that she had that someone like me to put, put words to it. Um, and that just made me feel so lucky to know that not just telling my story, I'm telling her story, I'm telling, I, I l- just really like telling stories, for, especially from people who can't tell their own. And not that she can't tell her own, just that I want to give voice to stories I think need to be heard. Yeah. And even in a piece like the one you just did for us,
0: I know for me, it, There are several chords it strikes. I'm from a family full of brothers. And and being the only other gender child Mm -hmm. in a family, like I can understand some of what you talked about. And in fact, I even was going under once when we were at the beach and... My uncle was supposed to run in and get me, but he had his brand new cowboy boots on. So, so he like, saved the boots. Mm. It was a ponder <laughs> moment. It's like I like this one. <laughs> <But> how much? <laughs> yeah. So, but I really like these boots. And my mom's like, get in there. <laughs> so, what order are you in? I'm in the, the baby. Bro- You're the baby. Like your brother. Like your brother, right? <gasps> He's the youngest. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, so, wow. I don't
1: yeah. know what that's. Like. I mean, I know what it's like to be a younger sibling because I'm a middle child. But the yeah. the baby is a different world, a whole different ball of wax. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So people, as they listen, just
0: must find so much to connect to with your work because I've found in the pieces I've heard so far, all the way through them, it's triggering memory and emotion. Oh, and thank it's you. Amazing. So beautifully done. While I was listening to you the other night, I was thinking, you know your delivery is so much a part of what you do Mm. Uh, and yet when I experienced your work online visually it's presented in a beautiful way too. Tell us a little bit about
1: how you are presenting your work online and actually where people can see it. Okay oh yeah so I've been using Instagram as a tool to reach people and to share my poems and so I've been posting snippets of my poetry and picking lines that I like, and also adding uh, watercolor to to them. So I've been hand hand printing them, um, and most of them are lines that I really liked or that I reson that I thought would maybe resonate. And I, I just, it's like a snapshot of the poem mm-hmm. in a way. So I've been sharing uh, those, and also um, I've been writing. Um, the, the April is National Poetry Writing Month, so I've been writing a poem every day. For the month of April, and I take a little excerpt of those and I I type them up on my typewriter and I I put them on Instagram with, like, you know, some fresh flowers or dried flowers or whatever I have. I just like sort of framing it and making it a visual Mm -hmm. piece. Yeah, Yeah. they are little gems. They're beautiful.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But your delivery is amazing. So you are a writer, but you are also a natural performer. What kind of role does performing take in your life?
1: I think I came out the womb that way. Mm-hmm. I think I came out the womb trying to be seen. <laughs> and yeah. and uh, I've always been a storyteller. I've always uh, been performing in, in plays when I was really young and, you know, in church uh church plays I was like Mary when I was four I remember thinking like I've hit it big I this is it that's my peak I'm done yeah (laughs) the mother of God what else do I need to do and then I played God a little bit later and I was like no no this is the peak (laughs) so I might have been nine but anyway I I, I'm I'm an actor I perform I I studied theater at university and I performed um, at second city I was doing uh, an improvisation conservatory program there so I've been performing in kind of all these different ways for a long time and I think it it's helped my poetry because I'm used to being in front of people and I like being in front of people and I can use my personality to to share what I'm going through what I actually want to say and so I, I I I really like that being in a room full of people I actually feel quite at home uh, in front of people.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you've always acted, you've always performed. When did poetry become something that you were, when when did you first get
1: involved in spoken word on a stage? So the first time I did a piece that was spoken word-like was I think maybe in 2012 or 13, 2013. I just did a piece for, um, my boyfriend's dad was hosting a show called Friends and Neighbors and he had, some artists that he had all performing like a variety show. Some people sang, some people told stories or read a story. And I wrote this piece that I'm calling a poem now because I I didn't really know what it was then, but um, it was like a five-minute exchange, I guess. And I realized that that was sort of, I didn't know I don't think I knew at the time that it was spoken word. And then when I moved to Vancouver, I went to go see a friend perform at the uh, Cafe de Soleil doing uh, a poetry slam. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Hey, I want to do this." And so I wrote a poem, wrote a couple poems and brought them to the to Cafe de Soleil and I competed. I I entered the slam. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun nights. Oh, it was it was like a an energy I had never experienced before. Yeah. And the crowd was really welcoming and I think they're hungry for uh, you know, some That a taste of that kind of like you know what's going on inside somebody. I Mm -hmm. think people really like seeing someone share their diary, essentially, like some really intimate thoughts. And yeah,
0: yeah. What I love about those nights is the range. You Mm. know, you get there's quite a few people who will get up in the night, and it sort of pairs down, right? Yes. As you went through, and uh, and you get just such a wild and a wild age range. Just all kinds of different people absolutely revealing themselves and the crowd is so receptive. Mm-hmm. And what does it feel like to be up on that stage in that environment?
1: Oh, I it's it scares me every time, to be honest, because I think I know I'm about to share something real. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to approach it, because I like to I'd like to put myself in those spaces. But it, it feels like when you're really present with an audience, when I'm really present with an audience, I feel, I don't know, I feel like nothing else is happening and we're sharing something really visceral and important and I can sense when people are with me and that fuels me and so the experience is really a shared one because I'm not just performing to you. I feel like we're connecting or I'm, we're, we're, we're sharing something, like we're sharing space, we're sharing time, we're all saying "But we're in this room right now and we're willing to go there. Right. Yeah. So it feels good for me. I feel always like I've just left a piece of my heart on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also really like that feeling. Yeah. Opens me up. Yeah. And you started
0: performing at Café du Soleil. Mm-hmm. And I know you just recently did a bit of a tour back in your
1: home... Uh, Home province. Yes. And what was that all about? I realized that I wanted to share my work on a broader scale, but also Ontario is easier to tour in because it, the cities are closer together. And I was heading back for a wedding and I thought, I'm going to try and make make my rounds and see if I can book some shows. So I just I wrote to uh, some organizers at some various slams in Ontario. And then I ended up featuring my poetry um, either at the beginning of the show or in the middle of the show and i got to do poems that i would have competed with or that are page poems also in a way that no one was timing me no one was giving me points for it was it allowed them all to really breathe and to and to exist in a different way in me i found i was accessing new things in these poems that i i was like i was just allowing them all to be what they were and it felt great to share my work with people who had never seen it before and also really great because my family's from Ontario and they got to come see my shows. My parents actually came to every single one of my shows. Wow. They were my groupies. Oh, how sweet is that? They drove me around and they were like, they were, they, and I was like, you guys, I'm going to do the same poems that I just did. You know, you, you saw them already and they're like, we. We want to see some more again. And then, you know, sometimes they'd be like, I think what you, your joke yesterday was funnier, you know, and they were like <laughs> critiquing me. And I was like, they haven't heard the joke. So, you know, anyway, yeah. it was fun to share that with them too because they watched me sometimes on the videos. The Café de Soleil puts videos, um, the Vancouver Poetry Slam rather puts the videos that we were, you can, re- you can allow them up on the YouTube channel for the Van Slam. And so they've only seen some of them like that. And then they got to see me live and they were like, I think they were really – I think they liked seeing the poems about them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that tour was really great. I got to sell merchandise. I have chapbooks. And and the poetry that you see on Instagram, um, I made – those are, like, actual physical, uh, like, original prints that people could frame. And so they were buying my work, and I felt like uh, after they saw me perform, they heard lines in the poems that they resonated with. And I I, I really liked the, you know, the afterwards of – chatting with people or people coming up and being like you know I like this or this made me think of that and it's just I felt like we were all really sharing something yeah, yeah connecting can I mention my Instagram yeah handle because I think I forgot to say yeah, what it was totally so it's at Julia Pileggi poetry and my last name is P-I-L-E-G-G-I yeah perfect so yeah. for people who have uh, have access to
0: a keyboard right now if you're not jogging or driving Pull it up and have a look. <laughs> okay, yeah, be safe. Be safe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Poetry should be safe. Yeah. Or
0: not. Or not. No.
1: <laughs> no there's a phrase that um, people will yell out, poets will yell out when you're about to perform, like in the slam community, in the po- spoken word community, they'll say, go in, poet. And it's it means, you know, go like, well, I don't know, it means whatever it want, you want it to mean. But I, what I think it means is go into that place and... And, and go into the poem and, and but sometimes I have this little joke where I say don't go in poets it's, it's, it's scary in there <laughs> so I have a little print that says don't go in poet and some poets really oh, find it funny God. some do not
0: Yeah. <laughs> right on and the range of things that you explore you're exploring a lot of from what I've heard so far I've heard poetry about relationships, family food, yes. sex all the a body, you know, body ideas and all the majors. Uh, what What other kinds of things do you like to write about?
1: I like to write about uh, self-worth a lot. I think acceptance of self uh, is big for me and and being seen. I think I strive in my work to talk about and to access you know the truth, whatever that might mean. And so a lot of the times I find freedom in just letting myself be be seen by people and not being afraid. Of who I really, really am. So it's like uncovering those kind of those nuggets, I guess. Those 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 deep, dark ones, and sometimes those really vulnerable ones. I I really like sharing vulnerability. I talk a lot about food because I think I'm just more more Italian than I even want to admit. Like it just (laughs) just creeps up in my work. So, um, and also whatever I'm really going through, I, I tend to use the word ocean a lot in my writing like I find like I resonate with water so I don't know yeah it's it's definitely whatever's happening in my life but uh I think relation I'm always in relationship and I think that's one of the main ones for me because I'm always learning new relationships and new ways in my current relationships whether it's family friends or Mm -hmm. myself yeah Mm -hmm. or lovers and yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and do you ever get pushback you mean like like, the topic right. is not... You're like, don't uh, don't tell anybody about what I did, or, you oh, know... Oh, interesting. Well, actually, when I perform, uh, my partner's at many of my shows and sees himself in my writing, and a lot of time I'll write, uh, it won't be necessarily verbatim, it'll be with an imagination added to it, so it's experience that's real, but it's not always my exact experience. So he knows that. But when I've performed and his friends are in the audience, sometimes they'll be, like, looking at him while I'm performing because they're like, well, she's saying a lot. like She's giving a lot away, and I wonder how he feels. And he's very supportive, so he knows that I love him and that I'm. He, he wants me to write about my real feelings because there are moments in time. My poetry is not here's who I am now and forever. It's here I was in this moment when I felt that thing. And so... I've never had anyone ask me not to write about them, mm-hmm. ever. I've just had audience members who are a little hyper-aware being like, how is she getting away with, like, revealing all of this private stuff? But, I, I mean, I just, I like, I like being open. Mm-hmm. And do you have another piece you might share with us? Yeah. Sure. I do. Yeah, yeah, Did you want? Okay. So this piece is called, When You Were Gone... In the morning, I stood up, sticky and sweaty. I walked to the fridge with weight. I felt a stillness. This house has been quiet since you left. When you were gone, I slept on your side of the bed and didn't wake up once during the night. There could only be two reasons, one, because your side is better than mine, or two, because I sleep better when you are gone. When you were gone, I cleaned the house and sat in silence I read on the balcony while I grilled chicken wings and a marinade I had invented. You would have loved them. I slept naked. I didn't flush the toilet every time I danced. I had friends over for cherries and pistachios. I moved your chair to the other side of the room. I watched the fireworks. I smoked your weed. I listened to music. I stretched. I sang. I stayed up late. I fell asleep on the couch. I touched myself. I took a long shower, I fell asleep on the couch, I washed the dishes, I scrubbed the grill, I ate ice cream, I ate ice cream, I ate ice cream. I missed you most in the afternoon when the daylight no longer knew which color it wanted to be. I watched a video of us singing in the park, I smiled out loud. I thought about what it would be like to dance for you if you'd ever get over yourself. I thought about what it would be like to flirt with you like you were a stranger, if I could ever get over myself. I looked at my nails a lot. I wrote. I talked to angels. I listened. I mapped out five different garage sales happening around our home and planned to go to each one. I didn't. I tricked time. I crushed hunger. I did not cry. I did not drink. I did not lock the sliding door
0: amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that is beautiful. Wow. So what kind of places are you typically performing? Where do you take your work? So whoever
1: will have me, I am happy to perform. Uh, I've performed at music release parties. I've performed at private anniversary functions at, in a park. Mm-hmm. Um, I have performed in schools and done workshops. So it's like a performance and then a workshop on writing or performance. Um, performed at poetry slams. I have performed on the street, car-free day, Car free day uh, yeah. on Main Street. It was pouring rain and it was like a really hard... And great experience at the same time, because people were walking by, and I don't think they know... It's really hard to get someone to pay attention to your poetry when they have no idea what's happening. The context isn't there, so in the middle of a poem is really hard to grab someone. So I was just trying to, like, make eye contact with people, and a bunch of people ended up stopping. But it was, uh, was, you know, competing with noise on the other side, and so I've performed in very odd places. Mm-hmm. Um, I performed for people who were there to see somebody else and they they were all drunk in the back and not listening and it's, it's quite challenging to do that but it really strengthens the strengthens me because I got got to keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And now you are also an actor, you're also you do voiceover work, yeah. you do all these different things.
1: What is your main
0: Passion. what is the thing that just makes you feel
1: like oh, I want to share this with the world like out of all of the things that I do yeah. I think writing is probably the first thing mm-hmm. I I want to share my words which is how I see the world uh-huh. um, and I think spoken word goes hand in hand with that because I get to physically share how what how I intended those words to be right so I love both of those things and I think I will never run out of things that I can write down Uh I know this about myself so I think that's what makes me most excited is that I don't I'm like I'm gonna be doing this for a long time right
0: and you're in the middle right now of doing a 30-day challenge where you're writing every day yeah is that fairly typical for you? Are you steady at your craft or do you sort of wait for life things to inspire and then binge write? How do you approach your craft?
1: Well, sometimes I, I have life things that inspire and they, they kind of come out of nowhere and I just, I'm, I'm, I write when it comes. And otherwise, I have a writing project called These Five Minutes uh, that me and my writing partner have, we uh, developed in 2011 and... We take a, an inspiration or a prompt, we call them daily dips, from any source, and we both write on that dip for five minutes without editing, and we post it online to our site, thesefiveminutes.com. Unedited. Unedited. How we are, fun. Yeah, it's scary, but it's process. So our, our mantra is it's process over product, and it's about showing up to the page every day and saying, you have five minutes every day to do that thing that you love, and Uh, we love writing. So we write for five minutes. Sometimes they're amazing. And sometimes we're like, wow, that that could happen in five minutes. And a lot of times I take snippets of those writes that are unedited and I elongate them and I I edit them for other poems. And uh, the one that you just heard was actually a a five-minute write initially that I turned into a longer piece.
0: Wow. So I
1: do a lot of those. So that practice has fed into my um, stage practice in a way.
0: And so I want to know more about this. Is it, how often do you do it?
1: How long has it been running? These five minutes. Mm -hmm. So 2011 is when we came up with the idea. We started posting, I guess, in November of that year. And it's daily. It's every single day. 365. Yeah. No matter what. So it's taken us, we've been living uh, in different cities, in different countries, and we connect all the time with a dip. And then we, we put it online and we've, we've, put out a little book of our stuff and we've done readings and had writing workshops that are associated with these five minutes and doing kind of timed writing practice um which is how i do everything like i time everything now and um it helps set the boundary for the work and gives it some gives it a gives us a playground with parameters in a way Mm -hmm. that's fascinating where do you find yourself going on those pieces
0: is it are you diarizing things or is it completely
1: creative? What's the, I often uh, gravitate towards poetry. Mm -hmm. It's something I started doing a little bit later at the beginning. There were a lot of monologues, a lot of um, raps, a lot of uh, short stories. We call them pocket sized stories because they, we've really figured out what five minutes feels like to us now. And so sometimes there are scenes, you know, or uh, a dialogue. It can be anything. And, not often are they diary entries for me, but I have I have ranted. I have mm-hmm. put, it at, put it out there, and I'm like, oh, how am I putting this online right now? But I do it because I think it's important to show process and to say that today wasn't, I mean, let's just take away the expectation mm-hmm. and see what happens. And just the only rule is don't stop writing. Don't try and self-edit.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. What a valuable thing to do for you, for people who are... Intrigued by your work for as an example for up and coming writers, that's fantastic. Yeah. I
1: often say to anyone uh, who's looking to how to figure out how to write more, where to get inspiration. I say there's inspiration literally everywhere, and all you have to do is find a little sentence or overhear someone on the bus, and and trust yourself to to just do it. Right essentially yeah you can edit later trust yourself that you can edit it later yeah what I'm
0: most blown away by is your consistency that you do that every I've done some of these 30-day art challenges where you're doing a particular thing every day for 30 days which seems long I just finished a 150-day art trip where I did 150 straight days. And I thought I was the queen of the world, but I did not start in 2011. So wow, it's like, holy smoke. That's to keep that going for that length of time and be consistent. It's only five
1: minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yours might have taken a lot longer.
0: <laughs> True.
1: Okay. 150 days is a lot of time, though.
0: It was wild. It was, wild. Wow. It was um, covered a bunch of different countries, and it was three different art residencies, and three different contracts teaching on the cruise ships and I just you know as I got a couple of trips booked I thought oh this is starting to look like a whole piece instead of separate little trips so I went out strategically and tried to fill in the gaps with other projects Mm -hmm. and things and the the last moment of it was painting a mural for a month in Sicily so when you were doing your poems about Italy and food and everything they were totally resonating with me because the culture there and the the people, the way they, especially in Sicily, as they pass each other, they all are, you know, you think they're yelling at you, and <laughs> then you realize it's like, Oh, mangiato, have you eaten? You have a sandwich.
1: It's like, Whoa. They're okay. just making sure you're fed <laughs> at all times. Oh, beautiful, yeah, That It must yeah. have been so inspiring yeah. just to see so many different places. Yeah, amazing. And do you have any of pieces from the, that trip that you still like, yeah. that you, yep. you, you use? or?
0: Yep, totally. I, my intention was to do a whole painting every day, which it turns out, I just couldn't couldn't keep that pace. I came back with about eighty paintings, all 80, 80. And Eighty. They're very, um, you know, they're they're quick watercolor, sort of a lot of them on location, uh, but it was it was a good skill honer. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm doing a series of paintings from those travels that are oh. more studio type paintings and and pieces, and yeah. So it was just it, it just filled me up.
1: It's the so. project that keeps on giving. Yeah, it How is. How nice to have
0: that. Yeah. It's a reservoir yeah. of, of all your yeah. experiences. Yeah, experiences, yeah. Yeah, very mm. fun. So when you talk of Italy in your work, do you go with your family, or is your experience with Italy all from your family here?
1: Uh, it's both, yeah. Uh, so my mom comes from a big family. I have like 30 cousins on my mom's side, and she's six brothers and sisters, and... My nonna, who actually passed away in December, she was um, a really big tie for me in Italy. So I would go and visit her and my uh, my aunts and my cousins there. Most of my family live in uh, Ontario. And so we had gone a couple times, maybe in 2000. I- I'd been when I was really little, but I was too young to remember. But in 2003, I think I went for the first time. I might have been, you know, 16 or something. And, and I was so thrilled by it I just I any chance I got to go back I did so then 2008 I went back and I went with my sister and my brother and we and um so I've been with family and then just in 2014 I went by myself to really immerse myself in the culture and the language because I was desperate to learn Italian and like more than I had already because I studied it in university a bit but it's hard when you're not fully there and I wanted to talk to my family I wanted to be able to communicate with my my nonna, my grandmother. So I spent three months living in Italy oh, yeah. and going to a grammar school and and Fabulous. going to bars and challenging myself to talk to strangers and being strong and wrong essentially is all I did for three months. It was very exhausting. Yeah. Learning a language in. is very exhausting. It is. Yeah. It is. But eating the food was Really delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and has it crept into your work? Are you yeah. writing in Italian? I have lines of Italian that come in and, you know, things that my nonna would say. Like I have a poem about uh, things that she, conversation we had had. And like one of the first phrases I ever learned in Italian was, Io visto tante mucchi nel prato mangiare nell'erba, which means, and she taught me this, there are a bunch of cows eating grass in a field. <laughs> so it's like I I I find poetry in those like funny yeah. almost everyday mm-hmm. statements, and so um, it's important for me to share it because it's really a big part of me. And I if I could, I like writing, it like I don't write fully in Italian, but I like to sneak it in. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice to have in your toolkit for sure. Yeah, yeah beautiful. I'd love to hear some of those. I may try and pry one out of you in a bit. Okay. Um, family is important for everybody, but it seems to really be a central part of who you are when you talk, when you deliver your, your work. At what point did you know that you wanted to be a writer, and how was the response from them?
1: Oh. Well, I think I wrote my first in air quotes, book uh, when I was like seven for a school project. It was called The Geek That Followed Me Home. And I think it was supposed to be 13 pages and mine was 51 because I could (laughs) not stop. I added, there were glued in pages at the back. And my teacher said that he wasn't going to edit it because it was too good. And what I learned later was that it was too good meant too long. (laughs) I don't even think he read it. So, but I, you know, my teachers asked me to go read around the school, like to all the different grades, I would sit and read it and like show the pictures to the like grade eights and things. And so I I started really young in that way. And my, my parents always just fostered it. They, they, you know, they read to us a lot when we were young. And, and I think I never had to fight to be a writer in my house. I think I was lucky that way that they wanted me to just go after my, my dreams. And if it made me happy, they were like happy to, to foster that. And, my sister's a, a writer, and she she expresses herself through words really beautifully. And so, we we're a word we're word people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your parents too. Uh, my mom my mom is a is a really great writer. She I don't think she writes as much as she'd like to. I don't think she writes. Um I think she thinks she invented the movie ET. She was like she had that idea, and she was like, "How did that happen?" And she's like in grade five. So, I, but I do get a lot of creative. Like my dad used to make up stories and tell them to us. I think we'd be like, "Tell us a story," and he would just come up with some crazy thing. And so I know there's a lot of creativity in my family, but I think maybe I'm I'm one of the ones who have has chosen to really go after it. Uh-huh. And did you? go to university and study your craft there or do you what's what's that path been so I studied theater in university and I was in a playwriting class while I was there Um, and I was in a program called a creative ensemble which was like playmaking on your feet so there was a lot of I guess uh creating but it was a different kind and then studied comedy writing at second city and have done other writing many writing workshops um but ultimately, I've just practiced the writing myself. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really done a lot of training in writing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And any big projects on your bucket list to do? Yes, I have a a one woman show that I've been, you know, rolling around in my brain for a while. Um, that it would be, I think, a spoken word show, that's mixed, sort of a mixed, you know, spoken word and and I guess theater. That I have I, been I've been working on for a while. It's taken many shapes. Started off as what I thought was a novel, then I was like, "This is a screenplay," and no, no, no. And now I think it's a it's a stage show,
0: like a one woman. Yeah, man. yeah. And you do some rapping as well with your <laughs> with your with your work.
1: Yeah, I have been known to oh. to rhyme a little bit. Yep. I
0: would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, you say that you rap and you don't think anyone's going to make you prove it. Um, okay. Not on my watch. Yeah, I think it's by you, Carol. Um, well, this this rap I wrote when I was in Second City, actually, doing the conservatory program. Mm-hmm. And it was based off of, it was a, a like a sketch that I had to fight to get into the show um, about my experience as a server at a restaurant. And I, I just called the restaurant rap, so mm-hmm. here it goes. You know how they say the customer is always right? Well, not today. Cause I'm not gonna say what you want. I'm gonna say what you think I can't. Cause yo, did you think this was a restaurant? Well, no kid, let me tell you, it's a restaurant. I don't like being a waitress. I'm just biding my time until I become famous. No, I'm not a lifer. I'm just here to pay for school. I've got other aspirations. I've got other things to do. You think all I do is serve you? That's nowhere close to true. All I do is serve you so I can badmouth you. This is where we give you what you order, not any extra because you're crossing the border. When you coming up on me and telling me that you think that I was taking all my time and I was rude, I was not being anything but nice to you. So why don't you just shut your mouth and baby, eat your food? And let me tell you something, your meal was not late, so why don't you quit complaining you'll eat what's on your plate you princess little shit you like throwing these fits the whole table's looking at you and you're staring at it like it's gonna eat you nothing's wrong with that soup there's no hair in there and i will not give away free food i don't want to be the kind of girl who tells you but you're the kind of fool that everybody wants to puke on i don't make minimum wage i would leave but i must stay i've got so many bills to pay hey Hey, yeah, so don't put me in a bad mood. I'm the one who brings your food. I'll be hocking a big loo. Gay, yeah, yeah, you're not the only humans in the world, did you know? I'm your fucking server, not your servant. Did you get the memo? You think you're so smart, you make all these mistakes. You come in at dinner, you ask to order bacon and eggs. Can't you motherfuckers read? It says so right up there in green. Our breakfast is done being served at 4. Right now it's 4.15. Oh, you thought that I was through? Well, here's three more reasons why I can't stand you. One, I'm staring at the bill, looks like you spent $100 and I see you left me 50 cents and I'm like, yep, that's gonna pay for college. Two, the thing I hate that you always do is fuck with the ready-to-order signal and close your damn menu. Oh, you haven't even looked yet. You're so cool. Well, do us all a favor and go back to dining school. Three, my favorite part is when you ask for the bill. Instead of using your words, use your charade skills. Honey, I can hear you. You don't need to use your hand. You think you snap your fingers three times. It helps me understand. Watching you mine makes me want to fucking moan. Stop clicking at me, kid. I'm not Dorothy. It won't bring me home. I don't make minimum wage. I would leave, but I must stay. I've got so many bills to pay. Hey, hey, yeah. So don't put me in a bad mood. I'm the one who brings your food. I'll be hogging a big loop. Yeah, yeah. So would you like to hear the fucking nightly specials? As you probably guessed, I won't be doing separate bills. Before I burst a couple more blood vessels, I'm Julia. I'll be your server. Welcome to Casey's Grill.
0: I'm having the biggest
1: waitressing flashback right now. <laughs> In this fantasy you get to be the, the, the winner. you get to drop the mic. The victor.
0: <laughs> oh my God. yeah, that is that is awesome.
1: <laughs> That's a little trick I got out my sleeve.
0: Oh. Well, yeah, I just want to play that over and over again in my car all the way home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, it's one of those things that it's like it's the it's what you wish you could say. What yeah. you wish you could say to all those people that you're like, "Why am I why am I so busy making sure that your water is the perfect temperature, you know?" Yeah. There were a lot of lines I had to cut that to fit into like a yeah, <laughs> small time frame. Yeah, that
0: just must get such a great response too because most of us go through that uh yeah that waitressing for me it's been decades and I still have waitress mares wow. like I will wake up in the middle of the night and think oh my god gin and tonic table 11 like how do I get back there <laughs> <laughs> no Carol it's all over it's like, breathe it's over, breathe. <laughs> breathe breathe
1: now people are serving you yeah, yeah. I know it, it really lasts those kind of uh, I've had those dreams too and I'm like it is so frantic, yeah. and, uh, and they go through a lot of stress, so I would say, please tip your servers, because you don't know how much work they're doing. Yes,
0: totally. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think it is one of those things that uh, it's like a rite of passage, and the people skills you take away from that are, they last a lifetime. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Being, a, being a able to communicate and... Tune in, yeah. It's um, so.
1: Yeah, it's huge. I, I definitely applied yeah. a lot of the skills. Yeah. I profi- p- applied performing s- tactics a lot of the time. You know, you have to read people. You have to anticipate what they want. And. Yeah. Yeah. And organization. So, cheers, sister. We
0: we survived it. We made it. We're <laughs> right <on. For> free. <laughs> so you are, applying your trade in a whole bunch of cool ways, and it's really fun to. Get a sense of all these different things you do that are all expressions of your creativity, and it's beautiful. You have some things that are, when you do shows, you have some things that you sell that, yeah, yeah
1: like what kinds of. So I have a poetry chapbook, which is original poetry by me, um, that I, that has, sometimes it has poems, like depends on the set that I do, but mm-hmm. has a few poems in there that I tend to do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have. Uh, watercolor, poetry, you know, handmade, original, one-of-a-kind prints. They're basically lines from my poems. Uh Uh, And they have really nice watercolor in the back that you can frame or you can, you know, send to a friend and... Mm -hmm. Um, My mom, I think, has like three of those frames in her house Mm -hmm. from poems that she's she has was in. (laughs) And um, I also have poetry in little jars like I I, I really like putting poetry into tiny little homes um, or boxes. I like to repurpose um, small receptacles and and stick little tiny poems in there. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the stuff that I've been I've been bringing around with me.
0: And for people who want to explore your work, they can check out your five-minute pieces yeah. online. Do you have some pieces on YouTube and things as well If people want to hear you?
1: Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so the Vancouver Poetry Slam page on, on YouTube mm-hmm. has, you can search my name and, and it, uh, there's like a playlist of my my videos. Yeah, some of them are old, mm-hmm. you know.
0: And s- send links of your favorite to me. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay, so we'll do. if you're listening, head to the show notes and you can watch a YouTube video of Julia Pelleggi performing yeah. you've got this one woman show in your sights any other projects coming up that you want to share with us
1: uh, an artist and I are working on a, a, p- a pitch for an animated tv show oh fun yeah so we're looking forward to with that collaboration I have plans to also do a, a series a food series mm-hmm. of of food poems, I guess. Uh, one of my friends, Sarah, gave me this great idea. She's like, you write about food a lot. <laughs> Maybe you should uh, put it into a book. And so I've been re- actually really thinking about that and, and uh, making a making a volume of, of my food poetry.
0: Uh, well, we, we will stay tuned to see where where it goes next. And I'd love to see that.
1: Today. Oh, well, thank you. So the show is
0: called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar, mm-hmm. uh, which you know as my <laughs> formerly <laughs> featured ghostwriters. So. <laughs> do you have either either a punchline or a joke or a funny story from your from your creative life?
1: I have yeah yeah I have, I have one. Okay. So do I say the whole thing? Yeah. Okay, so I say two artists? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Two artists walk into a bar so they could work on their second draft. <laughs> That sounds like
0: an awesome idea. I'm in. Yeah. Well, isn't that where writers
1: writers go to get their good ideas? At the bottom of the glass? That's
0: right. <laughs> They're always there. You're just not trying hard enough. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Put on the beer goggles. Right you'll be able on. to see things a lot clearer. <laughs>
0: Yay. Well, thanks, Julia. Can't wait to see what you do next. Oh, and, it's my pleasure, Carol. So
1: happy I discovered your your awesome work. Well, thank you. It's Yay. been so nice chatting with you. Yay.
0: You've been listening to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. For full show notes and all the links, head to Two twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you liked the episode, remember to subscribe, sign up for updates, and leave us a review. And if you loved the episode, head to Two twoartistswalkintoabar.com and buy us our next round. Cheers.